It's DEFCON 5! Or 1. Whichever the severe DEFCON is. 1. That's right. I never know DEFCONs. I never know degrees when it comes to fires or murders. I don't know <laughs> how any of it works. But whichever the most severe ones are, here we are for an emergency podcast edition of the show before the show from MILB.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Tyler Mon, Sam Baxter's in New York City. No time to waste. Vlad is being called up to the major leagues. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, will be called up to make his big league debut on Friday from Gregor Chisholm at MLB.com. Quote, the wait is over. The time is now. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the top prospect in baseball per MLB pipeline and the most hyped minor league player in Blue Jays franchise history is headed to the big leagues. From MILB.com and our very own Sam Dykstra, at last, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is headed to the major leagues for the first time. Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoyo revealed Wednesday he's set to make his debut against the A's on Friday in Toronto. Um, this is different. We have never we've recorded like two special edition podcasts ever. Uh, we've never recorded a special edition just for one prospect getting promoted to the major leagues. That kind of shows you where Vlad is. Yeah, I'm trying to think now, like. If we could go back in time, who would we do an emergency? We're going to call this the emergency Vladcast, by the way. You already know that if you're uh, listening to this, because that's going to be the title of the episode. But uh, like Bryce Harper, maybe Steven Strasburg when he came yeah. up. Yeah. Um, um, I don't even think Trout necessarily would have gotten. Yeah, it because... that's a weird thing. Is like Trout. Trout was a hyped prospect, but not nobody. I don't think saw Mike Trout becoming this. Well, like I think people knew, well, Mike Trout's going to be a great player. I don't think they knew like he might be the greatest human being never play this sport. Right, and that, Mike Trout's rookie uh, rookie season, his official rookie season, was my first year. He he came up briefly in 2011, uh, didn't do so hot. They sent him back to Salt Lake the final following year. Isn't that so, so funny 2012? to think about Mike Trout not doing so hot? Right, like what? Yeah. How did how, that happen? How long ago was that? <laughs> Eight years, as it turns out. But um, he, even then, Matt Moore was the top prospect in baseball, if you can remember that time. So I, I just can't it's think of a, a much more one, innocent era. Yeah, a much more innocent era. Uh, I just can't think of, of something in recent memory. I, again, Strasburg was number one overall pick. Bryce Harper yeah. was the number one overall pick. He hadn't gone the way of Trout. He hadn't debuted, then gone da- down again. Harper was in Syracuse for just a couple weeks before he moved um that's that's it maybe i mean even acuna yeah when he came up he was kind of like all right we knew this was coming and we were all excited but vlad jr just has so many things we haven't seen acuna it's a mold yeah guerrero has no he is a cultural phenomenon he is something that has taken a a not just a fan base by storm like it's not just oh blue jays fans are so excited like everybody is so excited about vlad um he is uh the top prospect in baseball obviously very well deserved for that he is also uh the son of a hall of famer and vladimir guerrero senior uh on twitter at vlad guerrero 27 tweeted my son exclamation point (laughs) The country that saw you as a child will now see you turn into a big one. Working hard, everything can be done. I'm proud of you. Love you. And that picture of Vlad Guerrero Sr. and chubby little adorable Vlad Guerrero Jr. uh, on the field tipping his Expos cap during, I think that was during batting practice uh, at Olympic Stadium in Montreal at one time when Vlad uh, Jr. was a, a little guy. 
like maybe five in that picture uh, but that was pretty cool and uh, this is just different this is a much different uh, prospect promotion than at least in in my time not just in my time with MILB.com my time in the minor leagues I haven't seen anything outside of Strasburg and Harper who I think are the only other guys who were this hyped and honestly <clears throat> I think Strasburg was probably more than Harper Harper everybody knew was going to be a very good player was going to be a great player but what Vlad Guerrero Jr. has is what Strasburg had. There's something mythical about Vlad. And Bryce Harper, yes, I don't know if you've ever heard this before. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. <laughs> Nobody ever mentions that. But, uh, you know, and they talk about, oh, he hit a 570-foot home run in high school and yada, yada. But I think we were exposed to Bryce Harper in other contexts outside of professional baseball for long enough that it was like, Okay, yeah, we, we kind of know that this kid's going to be good. Steven Strasburg, unless you're a college baseball fan, you sort of heard about him coming into the draft. as like, oh, man, this kid, he has got insane stuff. Like the velocity, he's hitting triple digits. His breaking stuff is ridiculous. There's a 25-mile-an-hour difference between the fastball and the changeup, and his changeup is faster than most guys' fastballs. Like, he had this aura about him. That's what I think Vlad has as well. Vlad is the first-ever 80-grade hit tool given out by MLB Pipeline. Um, he is a generational talent, and he has done everything at the minor league levels that he has been that where he's played uh that anybody could ever possibly imagine vlad's worst professional season was his debut season for rookie level Bluefield in the appalachian league in 2016 in which over 20 or 62 games he batted 271 359 449 for an 808 ops eight homers 46 rbis he walked 33 times against 35 strikeouts as a 17 year old uh, that year in the Appy League, jumped up the next season. Lansing and Dunedin combined 119 games in 2017. He slashed 323, 425, 485, 13 homers, 76 RBIs, 76 walks to 62 strikeouts. Last year, 95 games between technically four levels. He had a, a few rehab games with Bluefield uh, or with the the Blue Jays uh, GCL affiliate uh at rookie level and also with Dunedin at class a advance and then he spent 61 games with double a new hampshire and 30 with triple a buffalo between those levels 381 437 636 20 homers 78 rbis and he's only played eight triple a games so far 367 424 700 his current numbers for triple a buffalo so far this season there's just nothing left vlad there i had this conversation with somebody on twitter the other day yes vlad is a sub replacement level defensive player and my reply to that was i would let vlad play in the field with a piece of old moldy french toast for a glove if i was going to get an 80 grade hit tool in the major leagues i don't <laughs> care how bad he is in the field if i'm getting a generational talent up to the major league level to contribute to my team i'm having it man Whatever it is. He could be the worst defensive player who has ever played. It's the American League. You might not have to be that long. You can stick him in yeah. the DH spot. He's going to be Vlad. And, yeah. And this is pretty cool. I mean, it 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 does remind me a lot of Miguel Cabrera, um, who is himself a wicked talent, wickedly talented hitter growing up. Um, somebody who played third base, now plays first base, and DHs for Detroit and all that kind of stuff. But what what are we going to remember Miguel Cabrera for? It's for his insanely good average, right. 
plus pop, all that kind of stuff. Nobody's going to remember the errors at third base. No, he's had a Hall of Fame career because of the bat. Chris uh, Bryant. Chris Bryant's a, a modern comp to that of one of the young guys. He's not a great defensive player. Chris Bryant was brought up as a, a third baseman. He's had to shift to the outfield a lot. He is not a great defensive player, but he's got an MVP award. He's a dude who mashes. Uh, he hits 40-plus homers a season. Like, he is a fun guy to watch. Joey Gallo is kind of that way as well. Joey Gallo sort of has that offensive component to it, too, where he's feast or famine offensively, but he also hits home runs 9 million feet. Um, like, there, yeah, there are a lot of these guys that it's like they've got a calling card, and that calling card is good enough. Right, and, and but Vlad just does so many things that we haven't seen before. And you touched a lot of, on it reading through his stats there. This is a guy who flirted with 400 for much of last year. When's the last time we could ever say that? Between the level? two most difficult minor league levels, double A right. and triple A, he hit 381 combined. He hit 402 in 61 double A games. That was his first time at double A. It's not right. like he was there in 2017, went back, had already conquered the level, and they were just letting him waste away in double A. That was his first time in the Eastern League and he hit 402 with an 1120 OPS. And I remember thinking happen. I remember thinking with Tony Gwynn, like that's as close as we're ever going to get to maybe another 400 season. Just somebody who had the incredible eye coordination and uh, strike zone discipline and strike zone control and could put the ball anywhere it was hit and uh, whatever. And w- when he retired, I thought, well, that's it because you know the game's changing and Average doesn't mean as much as it used to. And I'm not saying it matters much with Vlad either, but the guy just hits everything that comes his way. Um, He's much more selective than people think his dad was. His dad had incredible hand-eye coordination too. If you look at his walks to strikeouts, it was pretty decent too. I know we think of him as a wild swinger, but the guy put the bat on the ball a lot. Uh, Vlad Jr. also does that, but he doesn't swing as many bad pitches. Um, so you have a guy who could hit easily 320-330 at his ceiling, if not more than that, uh, in the major league someday. Put that with potential plus-plus power. You mentioned 20 homers in 95 games last year. Would have loved to see what he could have done over 130, 140 games if he hadn't been dealing with injuries. Uh, he hit a homer in McCoy Stadium last week that went outside the stadium, hit it to the parking lot was absolutely nuts. Uh, He went today, the day we're recording this, his last minor league hit was an opposite field shot to right center, a pitch he just stayed out on. It was on the outer half, drove it past the 375 mark. It went further than that. Uh, It was a no-doubter on the outside corner. This guy has power to all fields. He can hit anything. Uh, You know, when we talk about the modern game, it's a lot of marrying power with strikeouts, and it's something you're going to have to live with. He doesn't do that. He hits for power and yet still refuses to strike out. He struck out only twice in 30 at-bats this year at AAA. 30 at-bats isn't much. I get that. But once every 15 at-bats is still a nutso uh, ratio. Uh, he's going to take his walks. I, I, it's just, you know, I wish – he was a little bit better defensively. I wish he was a little faster. I wish whatever. Um, but I, I'm telling you, you're not going to see a rookie like him this year. Fernando Tatis Jr. has been wicked exciting. Chris Paddock had a great start today. That was really, really good. Eloy Jimenez is a great hitter. Victor Robles is a great all-around player. None of them have the ceiling that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has. And to see him finally get this chance, 
to show that at the major league level. He probably should have been called up after he hit 400 over 61 games at New Hampshire last year. Uh, for him to get the shot now, he's still only 20 years old. We're going to be talking about this kid until he's not a kid anymore, and then we're going to be talking about him for 10 years beyond that. Uh, it, it's exciting to be in this moment. Uh, I know this is a lot of hype. I know that's part of our industry is that we take these young guns and we tell them you're they're special and then sometimes they they don't work out that way but uh we have just not seen somebody like this and you know for all the the post hype players we've seen in the past they've had issues that Vlad Jr. just does not and like you said Tyler it when his issues are defense and he plays in the American League and that can literally just be taken away by moving him to the designated hitter spot it if it comes to that um, you know, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what he does. And I can't wait for the rest of the baseball community who doesn't follow prospects as closely as we do on a day in and day out basis to see him flex that power, to see him show that strike zone discipline, to sh- see him show that hand eye coordination uh, at the major league level. This is a very exciting time for baseball as a whole. Uh, and yeah, I, I, it's I, I, yeah, I can't wait to see what he does starting Friday. This is, uh, I think, the most emblematic thing as to how different this really is right now. The top four stories on MLB.com right now are either about Vlad's promotion or in some way directly connected to Vlad's promotion. They are, number one, Vlad Jr. to be called up for Friday debut. Number two, the greatest father-son duos in MLB history. Number three, projecting Vlad Jr.'s first 10 seasons. And number four, the most anticipated debuts in MLB history. Like, this is just different. And Major League Baseball... You know, I live in a, a market where uh, baseball is the, to say, second fiddle right now might be accurate, but this is one of those markets in which the conversation begins and ends with the NFL. And and everybody outside of baseball markets, their big complaint has always been, Major League Baseball doesn't know how to market its athletes, doesn't know how to market its stars, can't market itself, it's never going to connect with the younger generation, which is a topic for another podcast that is insane because the, uh, the Generation Z or whatever they're calling the generation behind ours now is actually the first generation in like the last three to list baseball as its favorite sport over the NFL. Uh, That's due to a a long-term Harvard study that came out a couple of weeks ago. But all that being said, Vlad is a, a face that major league baseball knows that it needs to get behind, knows that it needs to blow up. And that has already happened. Um, It's happened because there are plans in place uh, to get these athletes in front of eyeballs before they're on major league rosters. And, you know, MILB.TV is one of those ways. The Arizona Fall League is one of those ways. Uh, social media, the the things that we've seen from Vlad and, and winter leagues and that type of stuff from when he was younger. Uh, you know, I remember seeing Vlad take batting practice before he signed with the Blue Jays. He was a a viral tweet. Uh, There was a a writer who had posted video from a workout in the Dominican Republic in which he was 15 years old and just destroying baseballs all over the place. And that was when Gabby Guerrero had already been signed, Vlad Guerrero Sr.'s nephew. And everybody kind of thought like, oh, Gabby Guerrero, he could be a fun prospect. And then it was like, well, just wait until Vlad's son is old enough because that dude is going to be ridiculous. So it's this, I think, is a it is bigger than just a top prospect making it to the major leagues. This is a huge thing for not just Vlad, not just Vlad Sr., not just the Blue Jays, but for all the baseball. This is a guy who could be a face of the game for the next 20 years. Vlad is 20 years old. He just turned 20 on March 16th. You could consider 
conceivably, if everything went bananas well for Vlad Guerrero Jr., if everything went just the best that it could possibly go, this could be the greatest hitter who ever lived. I mean, it's obviously, that's absurd to think at this stage, but like the things that have happened already in his career, the projections that go forward, if you were to place everything in its best case scenario, that dude goes up to the major leagues on Friday and then hits for 20 years. Like that's a legendary type of status that you are on the precipice of right now. Now, obviously that all comes with a lot of caveats because he's 20 years old. Everybody in the world gets hurt at some point. Baseball is an extraordinarily difficult game. Uh, There is a much greater likelihood that it is a normal-ish career uh, for anybody than it is, oh, this guy is the second coming of Barry Bonds. This is this is Babe Ruth reincarnated. Um, but just the fact that we can have conversations like that, we have never been able really to do that. Um, and that's what makes him so different. I mean, right now, MLB.com has a story projecting his first 10 seasons. What? That's yeah. outrageous. Uh, the optimistic projection for next year for Vlad, which would be his first full season, is uh, 339, 412, 594. The comp to that is 2001 Albert Pujols. His standard projection would be 308, 374, 540. Uh, The comp to that is Hank Aaron's 1955 season. And the pessimistic projection for Vlad next year in his first full season would be 277, 337, 486. That's three and a half war. His optimistic projection would be 6.9 war, which is nice. And his standard projection would be 5.2. But just like these things are absurd, man. Like the I can't I can't look at any of this with a straight face because it's just not normal. We don't have these conversations about players like this. Right. It, and if this were happening in like MLB the show or some other video game that you were playing, you were just like, okay, the system's broken. Yeah. You know, these players don't this. exist. This is and, ridiculous. Uh, it does for right now. And, you know, like Tyler mentioned, these are projections. These are what we can look forward to or, you know, the, these don't predict the future necessarily, but they are based on what we know and what he has done in the past. These are not plucked out of thin air. Uh, you know, and to have some a uh, 20-year-old kid and say, like, Albert Pujols is an optimistic view Uh, And Albert Pujols is arguably right there with Miguel Cabrera, the best right-handed hitter of his generation, is just nuts. And if that's like even within reason, it's like it's optimistic, but it's within reason. What is above that is insane. So, uh, you know, not that we've doubted him, but uh, there have been doubters at every every turn with him, especially when it comes to weight and conditioning and all that kind of stuff. And he just continues to hit. Um, so if you're going to doubt him, I, I had some people in my mentions today saying, well, he's no Tatis Jr. Listen, he's not <laughs> okay. in some aspects, but there is nobody like this. There's no rookie that we've seen come up like this in perhaps decades, um, if ever, with the way the prospect cycle kind of works now. Uh, I don't think when Ted Williams came up, uh, anybody was as excited as they are now about Vladimir. They didn't blow up on Twitter about it. Right. Well, that's for sure. Uh <laughs> But maybe like a Ken Griffey Jr., something like that. And again, that comes from something you you mentioned earlier, Tyler, which is there's something to the name here as well that I think only adds to the mythos. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good Uh, way to put it. Yeah, Vladimir Guerrero went into the Hall of Fame last year. 
And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had to take time off from the minor league schedule to right. go see his father make the Hall of Fame. Right. How much you want to bet? There was 10% of his brain just picturing what it would be like if he could make it there. If, if not more. I wouldn't be surprised if his dad like whispered in his ear and just said, like, this is with it in the realm of possibility for you. I envision this for you. I want to be here for your day here. Like I go to Cooperstown and just be like, oh, that's neat. And then I leave. I don't picture my name in there, but he can. He literally can see his name there. He just has to tack on Junior. I think that kind of helps it. Uh, I did a ranking of like the top 10 Vlad Junior moments in the minor leagues last week, kind of anticipating that this was going to be the week he was going to make it. And the number one moment for me, it, it couldn't be anything else but the walk-off home run he hit in Montreal. Uh, last year it was an exhibition not technically a minor league game I get all that but the guy came into the house that almost when you think about it like his dad not I don't want to say built but like made famous like when I think about Olympic Stadium in Montreal I think of Vladimir Guerrero that's who I think of first uh he was like the last great superstar of that city and one of the cool things about that exhibition was Vlad was coming up as a non-roster player. They usually assign whatever number, you know, 73, whatever they have handy. The Blue Jays gave him 27 because 27 was his dad's number. It is important to him. He is important to that franchise. They want to make him happy in most aspects anyway. Uh, if they wanted to make him really happy, they would have called him up last year. But – you know, they knew this this specialness of that moment. They give him number 27. What does he do? He hits a walk-off homer in the place that he was born in. His birthplace, you go to his MILB.com player page, his birthplace is Montreal, Quebec. Guy walks off. They, I have never seen a crowd go as nuts like that in like a non-playoff setting. Bo Bichette like, goes across the screen, jumping up and down like a 12-year-old kid. Uh, as I'm sure he did when he saw his dad, Homer, back in the day, because he knew how special that moment was. There are just so many mythic legends to Vlad so far. It's, it's, it's not just the numbers. It's not just that moment, which, by the way, was off Jack Flaherty, who at the time was a major prospect and is now a very good major league pitcher. So this was no cheapo. Uh, it's, you know, the guy is also homered off a tee in front of Carlos Pena, a guy who knows a little bit about hitting home runs. Just this was not a hundred miles in it in hundred miles out situation. The ball was just sitting there and he was able to hit it 350 feet out. Uh, he's hit homers off hotels. He's hit homers out of stadiums. There's just so many moments here that build up to this. It, it's no one thing. It's not just the number 400. It's not just the 20 home runs. Uh, it's the amount of things he's been able to do on the base baseball field to build up to this moment. And now he's going to be able to take that from the minor leagues to the major leagues under the brightest of spotlights. Nobody is more prepared for this moment, I think, than he would be. And yeah, what he does with it, we'll, we're about to see. But uh, the the uh, realm of possibility is as high as anything. Pretty cool stuff. And uh, get excited for Blue Jays fans. If you know a Blue Jays fan, uh, hug a Blue Jays fan. Tell them <laughs> that you were, you were proud of them and you were happy that they were able to wait this out for – you know, three weeks, month almost since opening day, and uh, you made it, Blue Jays fans. You made it. Um, the uh, the debut for Vlad will be coming at home. The other smart thing, and I wonder how much has actually played into it, but the initial report was that Vlad was going to be called up to make his debut on Tuesday against the San Francisco Giants. 
the Toronto Maple Leafs had to be playing in a game seven last night. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 24th. They happen to be playing against the Boston Bruins in game seven in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs in the NHL. Uh, it is still Canada, so probably a smart move that the Jays waited until after that game. Uh, but Vlad will uh, will get the nod coming up uh, for his debut on Friday as the Blue Jays. Uh, I cannot imagine what that stadium is going to be like. Uh, I hope they have the dome closed. I don't know anything really about the dome, but uh, I certainly hope that it's closed because I would think that that would make it absurdly loud. Do you think people are going to be like buying uh, suites in that hotel? Yeah, just like just to make sure that they've got a spot. Like, well, couldn't get tickets. Might as well get a hotel room. Yeah, I would love to hear and read some stories about just what tickets have done since the moment they announced. Oh, man. Mike Fires, by the way, gets the nod uh, for the Oakland Athletics that night. He is 2-2 two two with an 8.28 ERA so far. Uh, and Marcus Stroman going to be on the hill for the Jays that night, 1-3, 1.76. So if you're a Jays fan, you get to go to a game and see Vlad make his debut, and you get to see Marcus Stroman on the mound. That is pretty dang cool. And uh, get excited. Even if you're just a baseball fan, get excited. You got MLB TV, flip on the game that night. You'll get a chance to watch Vlad. I know I'll be uh, tuned in as much as possible to the the first day of the Vlad era. And, uh, yeah, Any, anything else we need to add? Any other superlatives we forgot to give Vlad? I, I don't think so. I think we went far enough. Beautiful. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah. All right. We, uh, we've yacked your ear off for two different podcasts this week, so we're going to wrap this one up. He's Sam Dykstra. I'm Tyler Brown. We'll talk to you next week.